to the Sustainability Forward podcast. I'm your host, Antonia Banks-Graves, and joining me today as a guest is Mike Fareed, the president of Nature USA. Mike is an experienced founder with a demonstrated history of working in the apparel and fashion industry. He's skilled in trend analysis, textile industry, trend forecasting, fit, and retail. Welcome, Mike. Um, could you please tell the listeners and myself about yourself and your company? Hi, Antonia. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I, um, I grew up in a textile manufacturing family. Uh, my grandfather uh, was in this business. My dad spent all his career. Um, even my uncles, all four of them, uh, they worked together uh, for many years, and some of them are still active. Uh, I grew up uh, learning how to ride my bicycle uh, at the factory. And, um, you know, as a youngster, I always knew when I grew up what I want to do. And uh, it was fascinating to me, the different aspects of manufacturing, the creative process, the number game. Um, so... I uh, started working with my dad uh, right when I started college and um, I was going to work and, and going evenings uh, to college and um, at that time my dad had moved to the United States, this was mid 80s um, and um, he started a small manufacturing operation here. Um, and uh, I joined that. It was early 90s. And uh, soon after a year, year and a half, I started my little own manufacturing business. And uh, that's how the whole thing got started. Wow, that's amazing. And so there's like three generations? That's three correct. Three or four? That's correct. Wow, that's awesome. Sustainable fashion is the hottest current topic. Uh, you have been involved in it for over two decades. What is your definition of sustainable fashion? Right. Um, that in lies the, the challenge of the issue. Um, if you ask 10 people, how do they define sustainability? Mm -hmm. Chances are after an hour and explanation, uh, you get 10 different answers and probably walk away with more questions than you started. Yes. And, um, and really, we, I mean, compared to 20, 25 years ago when this movement really took off, uh, we know a lot more. There's no doubt that um, we have so much more information. Unfortunately, the effects uh, or you know, we haven't seen a, a lasting impact from all these uh, years of effort, you know, resources, uh, conferences, gathering, organization, standard setting, benchmarking. It's, um, I like to call it, it's complicated, you know, uh, the status of uh, uh, sustainable fashion is complicated. I, I, I believe for one, the challenge is that we are uh, have misidentified the problem. And so regardless of how hard we're trying to turn this thing around, you know, you don't see any results. Uh, 
you don't have any see any impact, real impact. But that's where um, you come in. I've been a tiny part of it, and and I'm more than happy to play my part. But it's truly a global uh, issue, and um, you know it's kind of simplified. If if you read articles, um, just Google sustainable fashion and read half a dozen or a dozen articles about it, mm-hmm. what you walk away from is is kind of an impression that this issue is a singular issue. Uh, singular issue of consumption. Uh, what kind of material we are using and how much of it we are using. And um, the solution offered is pretty simple. You know, use better material and less of it. And so therefore the problem will be solved. The other impression you will get from, from reading um, and, and kind of informing yourself out there is the is the how should I describe it the illusion that this thing is an optional add-on you know how you go to a deli and you see the menu and these are their sandwiches and there's always an add-on right you you can Mm -hmm. add avocado and bacon for an extra dollar fifty sustainability in fashion is is offered as an add-on and to me, that is just insane. You know, mm-hmm. um, if you if you want to reduce um, waste, if, if you want to protect natural resources and don't waste them, that should not be an optional uh, thing you can add on or not. Uh, we need to design, we need to manufacture, uh, we need to sell, and we need to dispose with sustainability in mind. Otherwise, it will never work. Um, so then I'm sure you're going to ask, so if, if it's not a singular issue, what is it? Well, I don't think we have anywhere near time to even discuss it. But I'm just going to highlight a few things that I believe will really make a difference. Uh, sure. If we, uh, if we look at it in a different way. Um, probably the most important one is, uh, uh, you know, lack of common standard. If you don't have a standard to measure something by, it's impossible to measure progress. And uh, at the same time, when there's no standard, anybody can make any claim. And technically, they're not wrong. And, um, but you don't know where you stand. And, um, even though companies will will make real effort to do some amazing things, they don't get recognized for it either. So it, it works on the both ways. Um, there was this example um, some years ago that a company claimed basically that uh, they have increased the um, the packaging uh, that they're using to increase the recycle portion by fifty percent. So what they failed to disclose was, uh, you know, what was the percentage of the packaging or from recycled material in the first place? It was 10%. They increased it to 15% as an overall part of the packaging. But mm. there were, 
they were talking about or they were advertising that increased the recycled portion by 50%. So mathematically, it's correct. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's definitely misleading. And, and so uh, this is a real case from Federal Trade Commission. And, and they forced the company to take that advertising and claim down because it was misleading. And so lack of standard, um, you know, you will hear, you'll see, you read about it, that uh, company X, Y, and Z have reduced the water consumption, the energy consumption, you know, by 20, 30%. Yes. Or they were aiming to do this thing by this year. Um, nobody knows if that's good or bad. Nobody knows where they started uh, to begin with. So that remains a big challenge. As we so there from- needs to be more transparency uh, from where they where they're starting in order to get the full picture. Yeah, I mean, you know, transparency is 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 important, no no doubt. But at the same time, if if the, we don't have a yardstick mm-hmm. to measure, you know, there is no point of reference, and and so this becomes almost an impossible task. Uh, the other issue that um, is kind of never talked about, whose responsibility is it to make fashion sustainable? So currently, again, uh, it's generally understood that it's the responsibility of brands. And no doubt brands have a huge role to play. The problem is um, a brand approach is uh, they talk about it, they plan for it, they spend a lot of money not everyone, but most brands. And um, they're kind of on their own, you know? It's like having to figure this out by yourself with your own resources, uh, a global problem. Uh, you know, imagine if this was uh, climate change, mm. and, you know, an individual company wanted to solve that. And so they do the work, uh, but at the end of the day, most of the time, if even they figure out ways to reduce um, material or use better material or use resources, that costs money. And the rest of the industry, of course, uh, is not willing to go along. And so the really big question is, do we want to do this? You know, after we do quite a bit of work, and in some cases, it takes years to come up with even a long-term plan. And it takes even longer to implement that plan and see even if it works, right? And mm-hmm. so we re- we do this work over and over again on an individual basis. And um, the real reality of it is it, to, to implement it, especially at the beginning, costs quite a bit of resources, um, and manpower, and knowledge, and, and training. And so... Uh, if the rest of the industry is not willing to go along with it, you're putting yourself in an immediate disadvantage. And so do you really want to do that? So that's that's a huge dilemma, you know? Um, what is the primary reason for a business to exist? You know, is it is it making money, making profits, creating jobs, or is it really uh, being um, a vehicle for social good or both, you know, and to what level. So you can, we can talk about it for hours and hours and hours. And, and I think 
will have multiple different point of views, but that's the reality um, you're facing. Um, the consumer is usually, you know, um, you'll see surveys showing the consumer X, Z, and Y, or, you know, millennials, for example. Yeah, it's very important for them um, to, uh, sustainability is a huge factor in their purchasing decision. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, it is, but it's number seven after price, after accessibility, uh, after so many other factors. So if all of that is uh, it's, uh, covered, then they will think of a sustainable option versus non-sustainable option. So the It's problem, not quite at the forefront for all. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, the... The, the problem is multifaceted, extremely complex. And depending on um, if you're in the material side, if you're in the fiber side, if you're on the design, a merchandising side, uh, mm -hmm. retail, you know, the consumer, um, each have a role to play. And like other subjects in our society, again, um, I, I mentioned climate change. Uh, Immigration is another issue that, you know, these are some tough, tough decisions. That, so we have um, a whole, uh, there's a whole merit of topics that could fall under sustainability. And of course, several episodes after that. But um, I would I would like to guide you to this question because I, I'm curious about it. Uh, could you explain sure. circular fashion? Of course, of course. So um, imagine um, the supply chain for a single T-shirt. Mm -hmm. It starts with uh, producing the fiber. Uh, and then from the fiber material is produced or manufactured. Um, the gar a garment is designed and, and, and then manufactured. Um, e retailers are involved to sell that and the consumer uh, used the product. And at the end, uh, it basically ends up in a landfill. So if you look at the model, it's a, it's a linear model, it's a straight line from, you know, make, use, and waste. Uh, the idea of circular fashion uh, simplified is, what if what we consider waste garbage what if if we can turn this into fresh fiber um, you know s some of the listeners might remember um, in the movie back to the future the, the doctor wanted to you know, go for a trip and he opened the uh, you know uh, his his gas uh, and he wanted to put some gas in the car instead he used a banana peel or something else and put it in there and yeah, the car was up and running, right? So what if, if we can turn what we consider basically a waste or, or garbage and turn it into fresh fiber? Now, this linear line kind of bends around and shapes like a circle. And um, the input of virgin raw material is reduced and at one point um, eliminated. Um, reducing it is very much possible. Elimination, um, I don't know yet if we have the technology, but certainly we can reduce it by 
by um, double-digit numbers very quickly. Uh, that is the core of um, the idea in circular economy in general or circular fashion. Um, while there's another aspect of it is very important. Mm -hmm. What do we do with that garment that after, uh, after it's used by the consumer? Can we repurpose it, right? Can we mm -hmm. reuse it in some other way? So, so one one aspect is transforming this into fresh fiber. The other one is repurposing and reusing it, right? And and um, with combination of all that, because the reality is, uh, you know, our population on, on planet Earth is growing exponentially. Yes. In our natural resources, we already have problem. Uh, not enough fresh water. You know, a couple of billion people do not have access to fresh water as as of today. Not not twenty years down the road, and so the amount of natural resources um, we are using to produce um, some some garments that's most of the time, you know, a portion of it, nobody wants. Let's remember that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, that is, um, it, it's gonna be, you know, continue to present a big challenge. And and the idea of circular fashion is with the reduction of reduced um, virgin raw material and, um, and being creative with what can we do uh, with, with, with create waste in, in you know, mm -hmm. 180 billion pounds, that's um, according to study from MacArthur Foundation. Worldwide, we, we throw away 180 billion pounds of textiles every year. That's wow. just a mind-numbing number. That's yeah. mind-blowing, but thank you so much for explaining that. I, I was wondering myself how that worked. How has the experience been manufacturing domestically and globally with your company? Yeah, that's an interesting question or interesting topic. Um, we have been manufacturing domestically um, ever since we started, you know, the, uh, mm -hmm. our focus was domestic, um, having in-house factory, we, we cut, we sew, we print, we package, uh, we even knit our own fabric. So everything has been in-house. Um, the domestic manufacturing has continuously shrunk for past 20 years. Uh, the powers to be uh, after NAFTA was fully implemented. And the idea was uh, a noble one, you know, people come here to find work. If there's work where people live, then they will not come and we, we solve two problems. We, we generate more jobs and we solve the immigration problem. It didn't quite work out that way. And so what happened was we had a thriving um, domestic manufacturing, uh, apparel manufacturing, textile manufacturing, and uh, more than 90% of it in the past three decades was wiped out. Uh, wow. That's pretty sad. Uh, one, of the, <laughs> one of the interesting um, statistics that most people don't know in eighties, uh, about a quarter of every garment and, and footwear used in the United States was produced domestically. Some years ago, uh, they updated that and it's less than 2% right now. 
So from wow. every hundred garments sold in the market, only two of them uh, are produced domestically. So wow. for a country this size, uh, we have close to very little um, of, of domestic uh, manufacturing capabilities. That's interesting. Mike, is there anything else you would like to share with the listeners? Yes. Um, the One of the interesting or favorite part of my work is the opportunity to engage. Uh, um, being at brands, retailers, uh, I work with uh, universities, even municipalities and government, but especially uh, when it comes to consumers and the students, I believe uh, the next generation, the movers and shakers um, are important. Uh, so there's their opportunity to have a conversation and inform them and, and the consumers themselves. Uh, a lot of times we feel powerless. Uh, we want to do the right thing inherently, uh, but at the same time, we feel like we don't have the opportunity to do so. And, and um, conversations like this, I'm, I'm hoping that, um, he, you know, I can share some of the experiences um, and, and information and, and ignite a new uh, discussion and hopefully um, inspire people to make more informed decisions. Absolutely. And I'm happy to have more conversations like this with you. Uh, in closing, there's something I'd like to mention um, that was mentioned with your company. Uh, Nature USA was founded with the idea that sustainable fashion should be the norm, not the exception. And uh, I believe that statement really resonates Nate will resonate with many of the listeners as it did with myself. I would also like to thank you again for being a guest on today's podcast. And you're absolutely right. With more conversations like this, bringing more awareness, um, when we look at taking little small bites of doing something, making change, we all can make a difference. And um, I just want to say that this episode was sponsored by Lee Organizational Consulting and for the listeners to enjoy this episode. Thank Great. you. Thank you for having me.